Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Skyping's So as we continue on here at Small Doses with our artist series, first of all, let me just say it's I am like so like I try to do a fashion series. And when I tell you the designers, honey, the designers are a headache. OK, like, <laughs> I couldn't get the designers to talk. Then you had folks who were like, I'm really in like design mode right now. And so like when I release a shoe, no. ma'am, it was really a thing. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to just leave that. And let me go to the artists. Not that designers, yes. not that fashion designers are not artists, but let me go to like the fine artists. And yes. it has been just a really dope series getting to talk to all of you. And it's a very, oh man, it's also just very different than talking to like actors and performers because I feel like fine artists aren't talking all the time. So there's like a certain yeah. level of honesty that is coming out. And today we are joined by Miss Christina Martinez. Hi. Who, let me tell you, so I feel very late to the party. And I discovered <laughs> you because my homegirl, Ingrid, uh, we share, mm-hmm. that's, that's my middle name, by the way. So we have a special kinship. Uh, so oh, Ingrid nice. had come to your uh, opening or like it was an event for the Nordstrom collab. And yeah. just casual for the Nordstrom collab. And um, I was like, who is this? What is this on? And I had to just go down the rabbit hole and get all the way in the mix with Christina Martinez. I bought my mother some pajamas. I bought bought my man a shirt. I bought me some pajamas. And next, I need to commission an original piece. But I just really love, I loved, I just, I fell in love immediately with the work that you do. And I'm very happy to have you here on the show. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Definitely glad. And and Ingrid for piecing that all together. She showed up in her white sweatsuit. She killed it. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me, you know, our listeners, I feel like we have a lot of creatives. um, And Mm -hmm. so I speak a lot to just like the journey of being a creative and also the, the unique position that creatives find themselves in once it becomes their career. Because that's like a whole different. <laughs> See how the head nod got slow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For those who are yes. listening and not watching, the head nod got slower. Like, yes, <laughs> testify. Yes. And so, yeah. you know, over the course of this interview, I definitely just want to eventually land at like when you're working with a behemoth like Nordstrom, you know, like what is, mm-hmm. is that like? But let's start at the beginning. Let's okay. start at the beginning. So... <laughs> Um, Christina, like, tell me, like, where are you from? Like, side, side note, note, I did an interview with Kevin Hart and people were livid that he didn't know that I was a child actor. They were like, he does not do research. That is so unprofessional. I'm like, first of all, he's not even an interviewer. Like, the nigga don't have time. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know, this is some shit that he's just doing to talk to people. And sometimes... I will say this, this podcast has become this like really dope way for me to get to talk to people, particularly in a pandemic where I'm not just like running into people. So I get to learn about you today. So I will say off top, like I tried to research Christina, but Christina, uh, (laughs) Christina got her shit locked down like an assassin. So (laughs) gotta keep it mysterious. (laughs) (laughs) So where are you from? I am from Tacoma, Washington, which is like 45 minutes south of Seattle. And then in the last few years, I've moved to Seattle and I'm, my studio is based out of Seattle. So I'm still here in the area, but grew up in Tacoma, Washington. Where did this New York vibe come from? Do people tell you that I you have, a New, Do York I have vibe? a New York vibe? Yes. No. <laughs> Even just by the sculpting of your baby hair. I'm like, she's from the Bronx. Uh- She's from the Bronx. <laughs> no, I'm definitely Pacific Northwest. All, I can see the I Bay. Mean, I can that, see. I can see the yeah. Bay. I can see the Bay, but I don't. I don't see Seattle. 
No, I'm dead. I'm from Seattle. I, I mean, I spend a lot of time in LA because of work right. and just I'm out there a lot, but I, I'm not, no, I'm not from New York or never lived there. I would love to live there at some point when really? I get some more money. Yeah. <laughs> you said when I get some more money, I feel like New York, like once you're past 29, New York becomes very stressful to live in. It's like, yeah, I could imagine. Cause like running for trains just feels like, is this what we're really doing? Like, yeah. can, my, can my knees actually handle this at this point? <laughs> like, for real. So you're from Seattle. So I've been to Seattle several times and I'm just curious, like, is that why there's teardrops in all of your, <laughs> I feel like rain is. It's very possible. <laughs> it definitely is possible. I think growing up here in Washington, you have to be able to appreciate a lot of gloomy days. And I think that it's kind of a, an energy that everybody here kind of understands, you know, it's, it's, you got to be able to like pick up the pieces and have a good time when it's like pouring rain and dark outside. (laughs) It's like becomes a part of your upbringing. It's just, it's just what it is. So that could definitely play a part. I never thought of that, but, um, because your art definitely has, uh, a number of consistent themes, but one of them, for those who don't know, is women with tears. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's growth. Growth is like a big theme in your work. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you in Seattle where there's a lot of rain, you yeah. know, the photosynthesis, the growth <laughs> of the vegetation. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to me about when you began your art like when you were a younger person like what did you start out drawing um so growing up my mom she had me when she was 15 so I spent a lot of time by myself and you know I can look back now and like be very grateful for those moments but when I was younger it was really hard she worked a lot sometimes two three jobs at a time so I would be home and I had to entertain myself and so I have a very very vivid memory of being like maybe eight years old and we didn't have like full blown cable. We just had some channels, you know, Mm -hmm. and I remember seeing Bob Ross on TV for the first time. And it was one of those moments that I look back now and I'm like, that was definitely like a defining thing for me because at the time when that happened, I had a moment where I'm just like, wow, like this is what he does. He gets to be on TV and make art. And like, I had never seen anything like that before in my family. My family is like all women that work very, very hard. You know, they clock in, they clock out. It's just like, that's just, that's what it was. That's what I always saw. And so did you grow up in an immigrant family by any chance? I didn't. I didn't. My family is all from Texas. Um, but my mom was born in Texas. My grandma was born in Texas. My mom's side of the family is all Mexican. They raised me and, and they worked hard, very hard. And so I had never seen anything like that. And I remember when I saw that feeling like, it was the coolest, most amazing thing I ever saw, but also feeling like it was very far away. Like, you know, this is a white man on TV and there was no connection to that. And so it became something that kind of like stuck with me, but always felt like it was unattainable. And what I did take from that though, was just making art. I just started to just make art and I would draw on napkins. I would draw on, my mom likes to tell a story of these lasagna noodles. So I used to take lasagna noodles and use nail polish and like paint like whole landscapes on them. (laughs) And it was like, whatever we had, that's just what I used. It was like, I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew that it was in me to find a way to express myself creatively very, very young you know, life happens and I would move away from it and then come back to it. And in the end, it got to the point where like, I just couldn't ignore it anymore. And it became my career. (laughs) So when you couldn't ignore it anymore, like where were you at in your life? Is that like full grown adult? Is that high school? No, I I think I was, I was in college and I had gone, I had moved away. I went to college in Vegas and you know, I studied hospitality because I was in Vegas and it was just the thing you're supposed to do. And, you know, kind of like had a lot of moments where I just kind of let life happen. Mm -hmm. And in my quiet moments, I still wanted to draw. I still wanted to paint and I had no real experience, no education, none of that in terms of art. And it was just like, it would get louder and louder and louder and louder until I was just like, I can't, 
I can't keep ignoring it. And honestly, as soon as I made the decision to like really live in my purpose and align with my art, everything in my life started to fall into place. It was like everything that had been struggles or things that I couldn't really see the light in them yet. Just things just started to like truly align. And that's why now, like, I know this is exactly where I'm supposed to be at. And it's just, it took me a while to find it. But once I found it, it just, now I'm like in at, at peace. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's so beautiful because it really takes trusting yourself to do that. You yeah. know, to do the end. There's nothing I don't I don't really feel like we see many examples that tell us trust yourself. Um, yeah. I feel like it's the opposite. You know, it's like trust this company or trust this 401k or trust your government. <laughs> and yeah. ultimately, yeah. none of these things are really like demonstrating that they're for like your best interests. You know, when you talk exactly. about like something that you were like, what's an example of something that you feel like you were struggling with that you feel got clearer once you made the decision that this is what you're going to do? I mean, even just like financially, when I decided to be a full-time artist, I already had two kids. Like I had a son and a daughter. And I, one of the biggest things that I really struggled with was like, am I going to make these kids also sacrifice like for the sake of like me following my dreams? You know, do they have to live in you know, and not be stable because I'm choosing to go and make something of myself. And that was like a big thing that I feel like kept me in a, in a gray area for a while. And, you know, it felt like too much risk when I had my kids that I had to like actually take care of. And, you know, they were on this journey with me. And I feel like because I chose to trust myself and listen to my inner voice, those things just started to fade away. It's like, now it's like, not only can we, you know, have a great Christmas and pay all of our bills, we can take vacations. And like, you know, those things just started to come more and more and more. And I believe that when you are doing what you're supposed to do, life starts to give you things that are aligned with that purpose. And I think like financially was a big one. I felt like the safe thing to do was to just work a regular job and be able to know this is what I'm making. This is how we're going to take care Mm -hmm. of ourselves. And I realized now that, you know, like when you talked about trusting yourself, like with my kids, I intentionally put them in situations or give them choices and like make them really have a moment where they decide like, okay, this is what I think is best and like really go for it. I try to do that for them because I know that, like you said, it's something that you don't, you don't really learn how to trust yourself. And some people never learn, you know? And for me, it was like life-changing. So I try to make sure that I put my kids in, in situations where they can practice that a little bit. Well, was there any struggle in the transition? Cause I feel like, I was going to say, because I feel like sometimes, you know, it's like the idea of being an artist, I think it's like, um, glamorous is not the word, but I feel like it's very nebulous for a lot of folks. Cause it's like, what does that mean? Like, I know what I'm Mm -hmm. actually doing, but I don't know how to Mm -hmm. actually like make money off of it per se. And how did you like, how was, how, how? (laughs) Like, yeah, no, the struggle, the struggle was like, it intensified before it started to fade. I'll definitely like be very transparent about that. It was, it's not one of those things that just happens overnight by any means. And I think one thing that I try to be really vocal about every time I have the opportunity to, is that I think when you're an artist of of any kind and your art is your outlet and your space that you go to, to feel safe or to be able to express yourself when that also becomes your means for survival, that like transition is nobody could have really prepared me for that because it's Mm. like you, you turn to this as an outlet, but now you have to do it to take care of yourself and your kids. That part of it for me was difficult for a long time because it's like, I mean, I still struggle like receiving praise for something that like keeps Mm. me sane, like actually keeps me sane, you know, it's just like, or 
receiving praise or, or money for doing something that like, I know that I'm supposed to do. I know Mm. I'm supposed to be doing this. It's, it's a weird space to try to start to put a price on um, your outlet, your sanity, your peace, you know? And so, um, I think that for a while, it took a while for me to be able to navigate that part of it. And, you know, my manager who's now really, really involved in the business side of art has really helped me with being able to balance those things. But there was a while where you could get an original painting off of me for barely nothing. You know, I'm like, I just want to be able to pay this bill this month. So whatever you got, like, you know, and it's just like, I was in that space for a while. What's a while for you? I feel like I was probably in that for at least two years of just like really trying to figure out what I was worth and understanding to like value myself in that way. I think a lot of artists turn to art to not have to vocalize how they feel, Mm. to not have to, you know, it's like a place to hide. So then to say like, now I have to put myself out there and you have to pay me for it. You know, it's so weird. It's a weird, weird space to be in. But I would say once I went full-time with my art, it probably took me two years to where I was just like, okay, I deserve to get paid for this. What did going full-time look like? Was it just like, I quit this job. You, fuck you, fuck you, you, you cool, (laughs) but fuck you. I'm out here with these kids. Like, were you on the corner, like with canvases? Like, what was it? MySpace? I mean, I I was selling hand-painted bags on MySpace for for a time, honey, for a time. (laughs) That's amazing. That is amazing. Um, I went through a very difficult period where I was grieving the loss of my best friend. And I turned in my art through that. And... I think I just got to a point where I was just like, I have a firsthand example of like how short life is and Mm. I cannot spend another day doing something that is not aligned with my purpose. And I have a very clear relationship with God for me. I, I feel like I can hear God when I pray. I feel like I'm really, really, really in tune with that. And I, I just knew that I was not supposed to be where I was at. And I was working a regular job and I was able to take care of myself and my kids and we were comfortable, but it was on the following birthday of my best friend that I just was like, I'm putting in my two weeks and I'm going to go and just make this happen. And I put myself in a space where I hadn't saved a lot of money. It didn't know where rent was coming for the next month. Like I made myself be like hungry and thirsty Mm. to figure it out. And like I said, it was not easy, but I, I feel like it was the most authentic version of me. And it was exactly what I was supposed to do. So were you just like selling pieces on this, like, but yeah, on the internet. I just like on Instagram. I, and for um, a long time, I didn't show anything. I, a long time, I had paintings and paintings. And my friends used to say, like, you should try selling these. And I'm like, no, I'm not an art. I'm not a painter. Like, I, you know, yeah. and I finally just decided that it was time for me to just start to share some of my stuff. And I think that fortunately, I had enough time and space with myself to really make art for me and and my own mind and my own peace and connect with it. That when it was time to share Mm -hmm. it, I wasn't really like, I was really trying to solid. meet the market at what yeah, it wants. Yeah, exactly. I was really, really solid in, in who I was creatively. And I'm, I'm thankful for that time and space, but I was working, I would go to work, I would clock in and work, but I would get up like two hours before I had to be there just to like draw something. And it just started to get to the point where it's just like, what are you, why am I going here? What am I doing? <laughs> So Instagram so, was the way Instagram yeah. was the first marketplace. Yeah. Yep. Some people selling booty on Instagram. You was selling art. <laughs> you see, it has served yeah. very Some people sell booty and art. And art. <laughs> booty art. Yes. <laughs> I really find that so intriguing just because I know so many folks, myself included, who have definitely talked myself out of like, well, you can't do that. You yeah. can't sell that or nobody wants that or, yeah. you know, and I, I love that there were people around you that were encouraging you and saying, no, mm-hmm. like you should do this because mm-hmm. that ends up being a currency of its own. 
Like yeah. just, just the people surrounding you. And sometimes it's yeah. the opposite. Sometimes it's, you know, if everyone, everyone had been hating on me. So I had to show yeah. these motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? I definitely know some of those people. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show you. I know what I'm going to do. You know, I've been in that position too, where it's just like, uh, you know, you're somehow thankful for the doubt. And it's like this like perfect chemical equation of doubt and support. And I, and hearing what you said about putting yourself in a scenario where you had to really do it, it's so real. I remember seeing this interview with, um, Branford Marcellus and Wyndham Marcellus's father, who was Mm -hmm. also a jazz musician and Wynton Marcellus had wanted to go to school to be an accountant. And he said he was going to play jazz on the side. Um, and he said that, you know, he was going to play jazz, but he was going to go to school to be an accountant, to have something to fall back on. And his father, and I've never forgotten this. I've seen this like at least 10 years ago. And his father said to him, if you have something to fall back on, you will fall. Yeah. Because this shit is so hard. That is so real. Yeah, (laughs) it is. It's so hard that if you have an out, you'll take it. Because mm-hmm. when you when you hit that wall, and the walls for artists, it's not just financial. Like sometimes we hit walls where it's just nothing is inspiring. Like nothing's just yeah. coming. Like I'm at that wall right now with visual art. But like in terms of like you and your what you consider to be blocks, do you feel at this point that you ever like hit blocks with your creativity? Yeah, I hit blocks. A lot of times the blocks will come from like outside things like if it's a partnership or, you know, if you're creating for something that that can get difficult sometimes, especially for artists who like me are a little bit more of like emotional creators. I'm not like a technical painter. If you ask me how to mix things up and that, I cannot tell you, I didn't learn how to paint. I just started to do it. And so I think that a lot of times when I'm put in situations, opportunities, blessings to create with other people, it can get a little fuzzy. And also when it's like, depending on what scale it's on, it can get difficult for mm. meaning um, bigger, for is harder me. or smaller, harder. Yeah. Bigger is harder for me just because I think that, like I said, for me, my art has always been like a place of peace and I'm not like a extroverted person. I'm not used to putting myself out there like that. And so I think that it's something that I'm recognizing comes with making art. And it, you know, the time that we're in right now, it's like, you can make art and just let it be about your art, but people want to connect to you as well. And, and for me, because my journey was like very authentic and, you know, I started on Instagram, just like posting pictures of my kids, like a lot of people, you know, and then it's like, it started to evolve. So it's like, there's people that connect to like me as a mom. There's people that connect to me as a Mexican and black woman. There's people that connect to me as an artist. So it's just kind of like understanding that I do have to step out of my comfort zone. And it is a real effort to put myself out there. And that can get difficult. I think the biggest, most important thing with creative blocks, though, for me is to continue to create. Like Mm -hmm. I try not to let myself get too comfortable in a space where I'm like, oh, I'm just not inspired right now. I try not to let that be a comfortable space for me because I think that it's important to be aware of what kind of art you make when you're not inspired. What kind of art do you make when it's Mm. gloomy outside for 20 days in a row? You know, what does that look like? And so I try to just keep painting and it's hard sometimes for sure, but it's like just to keep creating through the block. Sometimes you might take photos instead of paint, whatever it is, it's like just continue to let there be some outlet, even in the quiet moments or the lack of inspiration. So you've been having to like mingle and shit and you, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And not like this kind of mingle this I could do. I mean, like just, you You know, walk in the room, photo shoots, like, (laughs) Oh, you guys want to take pictures of me? You know, it's just like, that is not, it's not my, it's not my comfortable space at all. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely, I've had to learn, like, I think because I'm on TV and stuff, people think that that should be like no problem. And it's like, yeah, no, like if I know people, I'm fine. But like when I walk into a room and I have to like, just make my rounds, like I'm not going to make my rounds. I'm going to find like base 
and just be at base and like whoever stumbles upon me. And I've had to work on making base at least like more in a centralized location because normally in the, yeah. like when I would first move out here, I would have to be at the booth in the back. And it's like, oh, yeah. I, I didn't know you were here. <laughs> like, you know, I would I would leave somewhere and some like I'd get a text and someone like, I heard you were at such and such. I was there too. Why didn't I see you? Yeah. Yeah, I was in the back. That is definitely me. Or people write me like, Oh, I saw you here, but I was scared to come up and say something. Thank I'm like, you. oh, I'm just as scared as you are. So. <laughs> I've really like trained, like I know folks who are listening, like I have really tried to express to people like, listen, when I'm not on the clock, yeah, I'm not on, you yeah. know? And so I remember this one guy, I was like walking down the street in Harlem and I think he had said something to me. I didn't hear what he said, but he said something to me. I just like looked at him and kept walking. And then I went on Twitter like an hour later and it was like, I just passed Amanda Seals in Harlem and she was rude AF. I oh, said good morning no. to her and she didn't even say anything to me. And I was just like, I didn't even hear what that man said. <laughs> like, <laughs> and also it was like 8 a.m. in Harlem. Like we're not, we're yeah. not, in, we are not in Savannah, Georgia where everyone says hello to each other. Like <laughs> yeah. stop. But he doesn't know that like, to your point, like, I'm like, who's a strange man? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Say it's like, to I'm me. nervous too. I'm scared too. Like, this is, yeah, this is all very different for me. And I can imagine like you too, it's like you're used, you play so many people and then it's just like, oh, when you're yourself now, I'm, I'm, I'm not hiding behind a canvas now, you know, it's like, I don't know what to do. I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I really feel like, if I'm on stage, because I as a stand-up comedian, like I'm myself yeah. on stage, yeah. but right. I'm on stage. Yep. And even though I'm myself everywhere I'm at, it's like there's a different expectation of the exchange when you're on stage than when you're off stage. When I'm on stage, yeah. I have the mic. Like I understand what our exchange is. Yep. I'm gonna tell a joke, and you all y'all gonna laugh. Yeah. <laughs> so we so eye to eye, we get that. But when you're off stage, you know you run into people or. It's like, even like today, y'all, like when I came on the podcast, I was in the middle of an annoyance, you know? So before I could even say hello to Christina, I'm like, I can't say you BS, you know? And so sometimes people, you will meet you in the middle of an annoyance and then you yeah. didn't give them what, what they, they expect. expected. Yeah. And now yeah. they're like, oh, I, I met Amanda Seals in Harlem and she was a bitch. <laughs> I was like, you know, I might've been at that moment. I, you know, yeah. I apologize. No, but I think I it's so... Understand. I think it's so dope, though, to just, you know, see you evolve. You know, a lot of folks, they don't get to this point. Mm-hmm. A lot of artists, you know, I mean, they don't make it to a point where they feel like their art is living even without them having to create it, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think that's a huge part of once you realize, like, damn, I really made it with this art shit. Like, <laughs> like even if you didn't paint another piece, you still have enough work drummed up that there's a whole commerce space that is going to exist that can exist if you wanted it to. If you were like today, you know yeah. what? I'm just done with this art shit. I'm about to be a rapper. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> your manager could still be like, all right, well, I'm going to still do the art thing. Yeah. <laughs> and you go drop them beats, like get into yeah. it. <laughs> like you're like, you know what? I've been mingling enough. I'm ready. I'm ready to really live my next true self. Put <laughs> me out there. Yes. <laughs> it's so true. S-E-W. It's so true. <laughs> yes. We have rap battles. Me and my kids and my partner, who's also an artist that used to be a rapper, but we have rap battles. It's like our thing we do every time we're all together. And I got, I got bars. You got <laughs> With a Z, with a Z, with with a a Z. Z. (laughs) So when you, so what was it like? What was the tipping point when you feel like it turned from, oh, like now we cooking, like now this is some different shit. I'm not just selling hundred dollar, like from four packs of canvases from Michael's. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think for me, I don't know if I'll ever really feel like that, honestly. Like I, well, there did come a point where it was like we're not sure. concerned about ramen for this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, I mean, when my kids start asking us if we're in first class and if our driver's picking us up and if we're going to Hawaii this weekend, <laughs> like, listen, when the kids get bougie, it's oh a my god. Thing. Yeah. 
So like driver. No, you're not one of those kids that grew up with a driver. That was a Lyft driver with a black car. <laughs> God, I have to try to like explain to him. No, I'm just, this is a Lyft. It's not our driver. <laughs> is our chauffeur coming? <laughs> yeah. But I think for me, the part that always resonates with me the most or makes me feel like I'm on my way is seeing people really be willing to pay for my art at what I feel like it deserves to be sold at. And, you know, having people appreciate something so much that they're willing to like make that purchase and it will now be a part of their lives for, you know, years and years and years and years. And I always think that that transaction, yes, it's a financial blessing for me, but also it's like, I remember the paintings that were in our house growing up. Like I remember the pieces or the things that I had in my room. And so, especially when I see people that like buy art for their kids and stuff like that, I'm like, this piece will now like become a part of their story and their journey. And, you know, who knows where it goes from there. And I think for me, like the long-term goal is always to see my work in a museum just because I remember, you know, spending time in museums growing up. And even now I, you know, we take the kids to the museum all the time and it's just like, there's not a lot to connect to. You think of museums, you see a lot of like older white men and their art. And so I think until that starts to change, I will always have something that I'm like pushing for to really, really feel like, okay, I made it. And that hasn't happened yet. I always say the difference between hustling and grinding. Hustling is when it's like, I'm just trying to get it. Like, however we can get it, I'm going to get it. Like, okay, I'm going to sell these pieces for whatever. And I feel like the transition to grinding, grinding is when you're like, I know where I'm going. Mm -hmm. And I'm much more choosy about the path. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like that transition for you was when you said, I'm going to like be about my worth. Yes. Right. And like sell these Mm -hmm. pieces. So did that mean like getting a manager? Like what was the Mm -hmm. change like in that mindset? Yeah, it definitely was getting a manager. It was, um, where did you even find a manager? Uh, we had been friends for years and years and years. Actually, we have a a mutual friend that was just like, I feel like you guys would really like each other and introduce us. And we were friends for probably 10 years before we started to work together. Yeah. So definitely getting a manager was very, very major in my journey. And like I said, just, it gives me the space to like really just focus on the art and she probably would laugh right now because I definitely get involved in the business side a lot too now. But, um, you know, the idea was to like really, really give me the mental space to be creative and not have to have these like uncomfortable conversations. And Mm -hmm. I think that now one thing that I'm really working on is like, I make art and I've turned to my art because verbally, sometimes it's hard for me to really express what I'm feeling. And now with my manager, she's able to be that voice for me and speak up on my behalf. And when you're putting yourself in these spaces that were not really created for you, you know, like I said, the art world in the grand scheme of it doesn't belong to people that look like me. And so when you're trying to find your way in these spaces and these partnerships and these museums, it's like very important for me to have somebody that can stand up for you and, um, speak for you because it's not easy. It's not going to be easy. And it, you know, hopefully one day it's easier for like my son and my daughter, but right now you can't just be an artist. You have to be an artist and an activist and you have to be a fighter and you have to, um, you have to create your own space. And so I'm thankful that I have a team of people that push for me and believe in me, but it definitely, it's like, things look very glamorous always. And, you know, you see the final outcome and like the work that goes on behind the scenes to work with a lot of these people and in these spaces is it can be a lot. (laughs) It can be very, very, very difficult. How do you manage when you are in collaboration with someone that you realize you do not like or has that happened? (laughs) 
No, I wouldn't say that that's happened. I think what happens more often than not liking the people, I think that's where it gets tricky is that I usually do really like the people that we work with. And I feel like I'm pretty good at being able to see people's intentions and, and, and where they're coming from and understanding. I think that the system as a whole, this right. art world or partnerships that, you know, it's like the trendy thing to do right now is to put a Mexican face at the front of what you have going on or a black face at the front of what you, you know, it's like, or to put a woman at the face of what you have going on. I feel like it's less about the people and more about the lack of preparation to work with people, you know, to, to be educated enough and to know where to be sensitive and to know, um, you know, how to work. Competency. Yes, exactly. I think that is more of what we run into uh, and less about, you know, not liking the people. I feel like I usually get along with most people. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me about the World Trade Center piece. So I was on your Instagram and in your highlights, you had a piece that was, uh, I'm assuming it's World Trade Center because it said WTC and I've been in that elevator. So it was the same elevator. And when you talked about how scale can be daunting for you, this was a pretty big mural. Yeah. So can you yeah. just tell me about like how, what that piece, cause I, I didn't get to know, I wasn't able to discern like if it was a part of like a bigger exhibition or you like, yeah. just run me down because I was really, uh, the finished product just looked amazing. So kudos. Thank you. Yeah. That, that was really, really cool. Cause one of the first things I said to my manager, when we decided that we were going to work together, is like, I'm making all these paintings on canvas And I'm trying to spotlight black and brown women in the most beautiful, elegant way that I can. And one day, like, I just want to put these faces on a building. Like, I just need to see that. And she was, you know, we talk about long-term goals, short-term goals. And that was like one thing that was like very important to me. And I think at the time I had put it in like the long-term section and it happened fast. It happened really, really fast. And I had only painted one other mural before that one which was much, much smaller. And so that, <laughs> that one was kind of funny. Cause it's like, I went in there, I'm like, Oh, I can bang this out in four days. No problem. Like I practiced on canvas and all I have to do is double the time it took me on canvas. No, I had to fly back out there multiple times <laughs> to get that piece done. <laughs> and then like, we had all this press was coming in because they wanted to cover it. Cause it's like, it was huge and it's, you know, it's in the world trade center and it was it was a moment. And so there was a lot of press coming in. And so she's like, okay, we'll just focus on getting this section done. And then like, we'll go from there. So we needed to like, we needed a space to shoot some of the photos and, you know, people magazine was coming in and all these different things. And it was not all the way done. And I had to fly back out there and I finished. It was a learning experience, but that That I feel like was one of the most important things I did. So was it like a bunch of artists? Was it just you? Like how did, what was it representative of? Because I feel like it was in like a room. Yeah, it was in a room and there are other artists in there. So what they do is they have like residencies for other artists. Ah. So there are, there's different artists on um, the different walls, but it wasn't like a overall project. It was just kind of like, we have this wall, like she can do what she wants to do there. And And, you know, the World Trade Center, just like everything that my art is about, like pushing through things and picking yourself back up and preservation and like, just like that will to like not give up. That's what I, that's the story that I tell. And so to be able to do that on that scale and that space, it was an amazing, amazing, amazing experience. And like, those are the things where it's like, sometimes it's like, it's not even about money. Like this is like, a space for me to highlight these stories that are so important to me on like, you know, this huge wall. I can't even remember how many feet it is now, but it, it was, it, it was, was, I've never massive. Yeah. When I saw the video of you, like there was a video where you were standing against the wall and the person taking the video was like, wow, you look really small. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, Oh damn, yeah. it looks so much bigger <laughs> when the person had backed up, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's one of those things where I look back and I'm just like, I can't believe I, I did that and figured out how to do it. Cause I didn't know what I was doing. What was I your biggest it. surprise? The way that I paint is just not fit for <laughs> murals. I think when I was done with that, I was just like, I'm never, ever, ever painting another mural. Again. Wait, like, what do you mean? Like the, 
I use like small brushes. I take my time. I like to like, you know, I'm not people that do murals. They know how to just go and get them done. I was treating that thing. Like it was a piece of paper. It was, it was a bad combo. Yeah. (laughs) So that's it. No more murals. No, I mean, now I could pay one tomorrow if someone asked me to, but yeah, at that time I was just like, yeah, I don't ever want to do this again, but the story was so strong and so powerful for me that it was worth it, but it was, it was, it was a challenge. It was hard. Yeah. Murals are (laughs) definitely a beast. And I feel like you always think, yeah, I'll just do this. Yeah. I'll do this. Yeah. Yeah. But then once you're in it, you're like, "Mm, yeah, those women are like nine feet tall. And I think that there's like, I want to say there's like 37 of them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. It was really, well, that was crazy. Knows? Cause it, it, it's, it's dope <laughs> and you. massive. And, you know, you started to talk a little bit about your themes and, you know, one of the things when I did discover your stuff at Nordstrom, I was like, Oh, this is like a different vibe. Like a lot of mm-hmm. times I feel like when you see art come into like the apparel space, um, it's typically very like generic. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it might be patterns and I, I mean, and not even to shade those artists, but it's just, they are trying to reach a large audience. And so yeah. oftentimes I feel like they water down and, you know, the, not the artists, but the buyers will choose yeah. something that kind of feels a little bit more generic. It's like when I'm trying to sell TV shows and they say, well, we don't know if middle America will like this. And I'm like, well, that's code mm-hmm. for white people. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. I yeah, you're right. I'm not sure if they will, but considering that they like pretty much everything black people do and then take it, I don't see why they wouldn't. But, yeah, no. <laughs> but I definitely uh, feel you. So I would love to hear just like in your themes, you know, when you're talking, like, why do you feel like that became like where you planted your flag in terms of like, this is what I'm speaking with with my art? In terms of like getting picking yourself up and women, et cetera. Yeah. I think just from my experience, like I said, I um that's all I saw growing up, truly. Like my mom had me at 15, my grandma had my mom at 20. It's just it's all I knew. I saw my the women in my family just pick themselves up over and over and over again. And you know, when you have a mom who's 15 years old, you're gonna see some stuff. So it's like I have had experiences that have stuck with me and my art wasn't something I spent a lot of time thinking about. It's just something that I just did. And that was what was in me. That was the story that was in me. It was what, what, what naturally came out. And then on top of that, one of the first artists that I really connected to was Frida Kahlo, a Mexican painter. And she was the first person that I saw and I thought, okay, maybe this is attainable. Maybe I can do it because she does look like my mom and my grandma and (laughs) my aunts, you know? And I'm like, okay, look at this. And the more that I learned about her and her story, that's all she did was like every challenge that she went through, she turned it into art. And I feel like that was like what I connected even more than her being Mexican, even more than her being a woman was like, the way that she painted her way through every single challenge. And I think that those authentic stories that are a part of you, like those are the stories you're supposed to tell. And that's, that's really all I knew. And I think that it speaks to a lot of people because like life is going to happen. It's going to keep happening, you know, and, and you have to be able to like pull yourself up out of something, you know, and you're going to, you're going to do it and then you're going to have to do it again. And I think that's been a consistent part of me and my life. And I've always had my art, whether I was super aware of it or not, I've had my art to bring me out of it. And I think that I got to be vocal about that because it's real. It's real. <laughs> Life is going to happen. It's just a matter of like, yeah. I when, when I hear people say like, you know, so-and-so has their shit together. It's like, I think sometimes people think that having your shit together means that like nothing's happening. It's like something's always happening. I mean, the, (laughs) the level and the spectrum shift Mm -hmm. and then the having your shit together kind of ends up just being like, 
how well you've set up things to be able to manage it. Like, and when I say mm-hmm. things, a lot of times I'm just mean like your spirit, you know, yeah. like there's like, cause there's really self-work that like has to be done. And I know you use the word self in a lot of your mm-hmm. pieces. I see just the mm-hmm. word self and yeah. <laughs> You know, like some people will say like, oh, you know, I had to get selfish. I personally don't like the word selfish because I think it's like you can't just decide it's not negative. (laughs) But there's a self-awareness to knowing like where you are and what you need and, you know, what you don't need, et cetera. And like you can you can be genuine and say like, I have decided that I don't need to work at the hospitality Yeah, (laughs) you know, and I think when you talked about like that decision that you had to make about your kids, I'm sure the idea in your mind of like, am I being selfish? Yeah, was a thing. Absolutely. It definitely was a thing. And I'll have moments now even where like they'll be in the studio with me for, you know, 12 hours, 10 hours. My daughter loves to tell everybody about the night I made them sleep at the studio. It's like defining moment for her. her favorite story and I'll have those moments still but it's just like I gotta look at it you know and then I'm but then it's like then I'm able to take them you know downtown Seattle to go see this huge storefront at Nordstrom and then it's like they under I feel like they're understanding and it's like those things that like you don't realize them when you're a kid always you know I look back at my mom like man like there's some stuff where I'm just like you just can't understand it or appreciate it until you're older. So every time I have a moment where I'm like, am I being selfish? Am I making them, you know, suffer and not have be outside or doing this because of me and my work and my art, but then we're able to go do like beautiful things or experience things together because of my art and like where it's been able to take us. And so I try to just work through it in that way. But I don't I don't know if that'll ever really like all the way go away. <laughs> right. I mean I I feel like it'll go away when you get to when they get to the point where they can be like, I understand. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. understand. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So what was it like when you saw that storefront at Nordstrom? It was very, very cool. I wasn't, you know, you you see like little layouts of what it, what it can look like, but you don't ever really understand. And I think that to go down there and to see those faces. And again, like, it's always about these stories for me. Cause it's just like, you know, seeing Frida Kahlo's story, uh, you know, that made me feel like I could do it. So it's like, for me, I always have that in my mind, like the youth and the kids that like, didn't have examples or blueprints of like what they are capable of. I think about myself now and I'm just like, you know, my daughter and my son are exposed to so many things that mm-hmm. I didn't see growing up. Cause <laughs> it's like, now it's like black creatives. Like you can do anything. You yeah. can do anything. You can be anywhere and you're necessary. And so to be able to see that and to be a part of that and to think that like people are going to walk by this and connect to it. And I think that, you know, there's just, those are the things that stand out to me the most. Like, it's just, it's crazy. It still feels really crazy. Well, congratulations. Cause it's super. <laughs> Thank dope, you. And it's, and it's Thank definitely, you. Um, you know, the apparel space is its own unique space yeah. of cray cray. And, yeah. um, yes. but it's also its own unique space of accessibility and like, you know, for people yeah. to, be, to be able to see like your art. And I think what's really dope about your art is that it doesn't feel watered down on the garments. Like it's very much yeah. like, yeah, you're going to get this crying woman and you're going to get a yeah. print <laughs> yeah. of her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm thankful for Nordstrom. I feel like they did not water down the art at all. They really, really cared about keeping the art and its integrity. And they were really, really sensitive to how I would feel about my art being altered in any way. So I feel like the real stories that I was telling in my work translates to the clothes and that I do agree with you is it just doesn't happen that often anymore. So. Well, shouts to your lawyer. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Because, you know, because listen, I honestly, like as much as I am like about the art, I feel like we often forget we're in this country that's so capitalist and is just like, my lawyer is literally writing a book all about black people's IP being stolen. That's crazy. Yeah. It's not about glorifying the business of it, but there is like an acknowledgement that has to be made about like Mm -hmm. how important 
it is to protect your shit and, Mm -hmm. you know, to own your stuff and to have a team, even if it's one person, you know, that, like you said, Mm -hmm. that's going to bat for you and that understands just how it's much deeper when it's black women and our shit. Yeah. It is. It's not the same as this country was literally built for white landowning men. It's always been for them. Yeah. Always. So like, it's much deeper when it's like, so you want to own this? Mm. And that's what I mean. And that's exactly what I'm talking about is like, just when these businesses and these companies want to partner with black women, it's like, you have to be prepared because it's just, it's a whole new, you know, I'm learning and in also, um, draining myself in the process, but it's just like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's new. It's very new. Like nothing is built for us. So it's like, you have to like go in there and then make demands and, there's already crazy stereotypes Say of being again. a black woman. You yes. have to go in there and make demands. <laughs> yes. yes. Versus and asks. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, it's already like being a black woman. It's like, there's already this whole idea of what that means. And then you have to go in there and be that. So it's just like, it's a weird world that I'm, you know, I'm learning to navigate, but I think that, as tiring, as exhausting as it can be, it has to be done because there will be kids that come in. I I constantly, constantly am aware and telling myself like, this could potentially be my son or daughter someday in this space. And like, how would I want them to be treated? How would I want their work to be treated? Mm -hmm. And just fighting for that all the time. That's just like my mindset when I go into anything, which it can get tricky. (laughs) It can get sticky. (laughs) Um, Are your kids creative at all? They are. Yeah, they are. My son, he's, he has green hair and he, uh, he loves to like be in actor mode all the time. Like he'll say something and he's like, cut scene. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And then my daughter, she paints, she just, she, she paints. She's nice. Yeah. The script. Well, we have a segment called The Script where we ask our guests to basically just like provide our listeners, our viewers with any types of materials that can enhance like the conversation. So mm-hmm. any books, any movies, any any accounts to follow, et cetera, where they can not only necessarily like learn more about your art, but perhaps learn more about um, themselves, like in any work that you feel like has helped you in defining the artist that you are. Yeah. One thing that has stuck with me and been like haunting all my quiet moments for the last like six months has been this documentary that I watched called Black Art in the Absence of Light. Um, I don't know if you've seen that. Amy Sherald was on that actually. And she just, I think what I've been talking about this whole time of like not having that blueprint of what it looks like to make things happen with your art as a Black woman, that documentary, I feel like I've told every everybody I know to watch it. It's that sounds just, like me telling everyone I know to listen to her interview that she did on here. Cause it's yeah, like, oh yeah. Yeah. It's just she like, just ran it down. Yeah. I know. I'm like, dang, I know that. I know that was good, but, um, it just really, it's really, really special. And it just shows you what's possible. And it shows you why black people deserve every ounce of spotlight that we're getting and um, why black stories are so important and powerful. And I feel like I think about that documentary like every day, once a day. It just lives in your head rent free. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And where is this documentary? Do you remember? I feel like it's on HBO Max, I want to say. Black Art in the Absence of Light. Yeah. Actually, okay. my partner, my partner, Alba Sear Holly, he's an artist as well. Oh, I, he is, I did the Google. Yeah. I did, I <laughs> yeah, did the he, <laughs> he is the one that uh, told me to watch it. And we actually like sat and watched it on FaceTime together. And it just like we both were like speechless. It just is really, really Ooh. powerful. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. All right. So, I mean, 
I feel like that that's one of them documentaries where like it's a word of mouth. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. I'm gonna definitely look into that. And, yeah, you gotta watch it. And you guys can also, of course, make sure that you go to Nordstrom and uh Nordstrom.com and look for Christina's work as well as follow her. So we have this segment that we do as a special segment, uh, where our artists walk us through a few pieces that I have selected. And when I say walk <laughs> us through, I mean you could tell me about where you were mentally, physically, whatever, uh, emotionally when you painted. You said you're an emotional painter, so I'm yeah. sure there's emotions. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the, the media involved, et cetera. But I feel like a lot of times if you're not someone who's going to art shows and you're not someone who's going to like be in those spaces, like you rarely get to hear like an artist speak about their art. Yeah. There's usually like some blurb that's been put there or somebody else is like, so this right here, this is Christina's yeah. new period. This was, this was summer in Seattle and it was yeah. raining. And, you know, she just said to herself, you know what? I am my mother's daughter. <laughs> that is so true. I always, we always joke about it. Me and my partner were like, Someday they're going to dissect this painting and then they're going to be like, oh, they must have been fighting on that day because she only used black. You know, it's just so funny because like that is what will happen someday. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's happening. And I'm like, you know what? While we can, let's get it from the artist's yeah. mouth. Now, I wanted to print these out and my printer was acting real janky. So we are going to start with this one right here. Okay. Yeah. Because this is the first piece I ever saw of yours. Oh, nice, so, nice. Yeah. No rain, no flowers. <laughs> so, can you just tell me about this piece? Like, when what size is it? Like, what medium do you paint in, etc.? Yeah. So that piece is, I, I believe that piece is twenty four by thirty six. My favorite and, size uh, canvas. That is my yeah, favorite. That's my yes. That's my favorite. I love everything about that size. It's like you can. It's not too big. It's not too small. It's the best. Um, but that piece, I, that piece actually was not even originally supposed to be a part of the Nordstrom partnership, but I believed in it so much. And I, mm. I asked that it be presented and they loved it and it became like the main piece, which was amazing. Right. Um, but that piece is funny because I had, um, a very difficult day that day I was kind of having like weird interactions with everybody and it just was like an overwhelming emotional day and I came to the studio and I was by myself and it was one of those things where it's like you know sometimes like my boyfriend will ask me sometimes like sometimes I feel like you try to make yourself sad so you can go paint and I'm like (laughs) no (laughs) but in that day it was one of those things where it was like the sadness I was feeling I, I painted that piece so fast. I can't, I was probably here for less than two hours. And I remember when I came back the next day, like I had been so locked in that like my brushes were, none of them were in water. They were all crusty, just laid out, like not taken care of at all. All of the tubes of paint were still open. It was like one of those things where like, I, you know, everybody talks about being locked in or um, you know, zoning out in their work. I don't always experience that. It's usually like, I'm really, really in tune with what I'm doing, but that piece was one of those moments where like, I really felt like I was not there. I made it and I came back and the next day I was just like, wow, like I really like it. But if you see it in person, you can see like so much texture and you can kind of feel that it was done with some urgency. And I love that about it. Do you paint in acrylics or oils? That one I did in acrylics. But what's your normal medium that you feel like you you go to? I use acrylic a lot more, but lately I have been more drawn to oil. Probably the last five pieces I've done have been oil. I really, you know, so you're not the only one who's been like, you know, I'm just, I'm trying oil now. And I feel like oil becomes kind of like, that's like the elevation. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. oh, now I'm an artist artist. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. That's so funny. Cause I always said that, like, I will not feel like an artist. So I'm using oil. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> 
I am so afraid of oils. And we had this dope artist on here, Gregory Simmons. And he was like, nah, like you got to just yeah. try it. But it's like you got the linseed oil and then you got, yeah. the, you got to clean but the brushes. Once you of- get it, you got, you, there's no like, it's like nothing compares to like that buttery, smooth feeling. Like it's just, it's hard to go back once you start an oil. Do you feel like, <laughs> When you say it's a buttery smooth feeling, you're talking about like when you're coming onto the canvas, like it just mm-hmm. yep. it just lays down. Yeah, it just happens. It's easier. It's to me, it's like easier to just keep going consistently. Like I feel like with acrylic, it's like I gotta stop. I gotta make sure it's still like wet enough. I gotta do this. But like with oil, I feel like it's just like a I can work consistently and it it just feels good all the way through. Because I've <laughs> been learning about it. gouache. Yeah, I've been learning about gouache good. too. Yeah. And I like gouache. I just have a feeling that the reason I have a particular block in my visual art right now is because like I I need to take I need to go to a different medium. I feel like yes. that's part of it. But I'm also yeah. like, but oil smell. Like <laughs> it does. It definitely you gotta wear a mask. But I bet you if you try oil, like now when I think about using acrylic, I'm like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> This shit, I didn't do acrylic. I'm an oil painter. painter. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like Van Gogh. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's where I'm at. (laughs) All right. So, this is our next piece. Okay. Yeah. That piece is called I I Hope Hope Your Flowers Bloom. Bloom. And that is the first piece that I made during the pandemic. I've been picking these pieces, y'all. Yeah. Yeah, that's the first piece I made when they like announced the lockdown and I knew that I was going to be home. I had canvas and I got all my paints and that's the first piece that I like really, really sat down and made. And I think that for me, that piece just represents like not knowing, not knowing what's Mm. coming or what's going to happen and just like hoping that we come out of this and bloom again. And I think like at the beginning of the pandemic, that really was like my state of mind. This was a new thing. I never experienced anything like this before. My kids are out of school. They're scared. Is this one of your kids' drawings? Yeah, my daughter. She walks around the house like looking for pieces that can be collaborations. Like she's like ready. And so she, (laughs) um, yeah, she drew on that. And um yeah, I oh, that's so dope. I didn't realize yeah. she drew on the piece. Oh yeah, she drew on it and she makes sure that when a print sells of that piece, she gets her cut. Every like she'll she'll make like a little line on something and she wants her money. Yo, <laughs> teach him young. Teach him young. She yeah. wants her money. What I, what is her percentage of this piece? Yeah, that one, I feel like that one she gets. I think that one's like 25, but most of them she gets half. Like half, if a print sells, half goes in her account, half goes in mine. How old is she now? She's seven. Yo! Yeah, she's seven. <laughs> and after a while, then my son was like, can we collaborate? I want to I want to paint. <laughs> He's like, I want to come up. He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. She, she loves a collaboration. Would you say that piece is a self-portrait? Yeah. Yeah. Do you do that often? I do. I do. I think, I think sometimes just, you can't really tell in your work is like, is this Christine yeah. or is this not? Yeah. I, I try to like do some sort of representation. Sometimes it's like a little bit of me, a little bit of my mom, a little bit of my aunts, my grandma. Like it's just kind of like a, a combination of what's really familiar for me. So a lot, mm-hmm. but a lot of them are self-portraits. Yeah. Is that you on your dress or your shirt that you're wearing right now? This one? No, this was just, I just went free and like, I feel like I, I had a pastel and I just kind of like was just going on a canvas and she's, she came out. She reminds me of the British artist FKA Twigs. Oh yeah. 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 I can see that. Yeah. I can definitely see that. Yeah. She is on uh, a lot of stuff for uh, the drop two of Nordstrom collection. They really liked her. (laughs) I love her. Oh, so also oh, we're getting a preview right now. Yes, this Ooh. is it. This is job two. Yeah. All right. All right. I love a preview. I love an. I love exclusive. Yeah. Um, okay. So this is our last piece. Women, Women on, on Mars. Mars. Yep. So that is. Um, I was showing my daughter. I, I use these. I don't know if you know the golden like acrylic 
they're like liquid flow. They're really, really watery. Yes. And I was using them and she wanted to try and she's just like, can I, she calls them drip drips. And every time she's using them, she starts saying, came through dripping. That's like her favorite. (laughs) (laughs) She, they need to hire her, but she, she was doing a, practicing it and it the first one came out and it looked like a dress and I'm like oh you should make like five dresses just keep going you can just do what you want to do and so that piece she just went crazy with all the oh this is dresses. another collab yeah this and is then a 50 just, 50. yeah this is <laughs> yeah this one is definitely more her than me but she um she did all the bodies and then I I told her, I said, I'm, I'm going to turn these into women now. And so she watched me do it. And I remember when I was painting, I was just like, oh my God, how, how are you doing that? But I'm like, you just made their bodies. And right. so that piece um, is called Women from Mars because her name is Marley and we call her Mars. But she, um, yeah, she, she pretty much painted most of that. <laughs> well, what I think is so fascinating, like even of these three pieces, um, is that so much of your work you said is really rooted in, you know, your, the, your lineage, the female lineage, mm-hmm. and the, the matrilineal, you know, mm-hmm. uh, line that you're a part of. And then to see that happen in like real, like in the, yeah. like the physical actual <laughs> yeah. piece is so dope. And it really speaks to this legacy. And you yeah. know, we've, we've talked a lot about ownership and IP on this call and just like to see it like in the threads of the canvas yeah. is, is awesome. Do you stretch your own canvas? I don't. I don't. <laughs> to me, that's I like the final. To. That's like the yeah. final step of like I'm an artist. artist. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I see people do it, and I'm always like, dang, that looks. I love like, I love how it looks. I love the idea of constructing my own canvas. I just cannot see myself doing it. <laughs> I I've definitely like bought the staple gun and yeah. you know considered <laughs> the wood and yeah. i bought the canvas on the roll and was yeah like, i got canvas yeah. on a roll yeah i can do yeah i can do this i wasn't i was in shop in theater and um i built sets i can do this and then you're just like or yeah i could go buy a canvas yeah because by the time that, i so. make this i'm gonna feel like i've done the art like <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's just like, I don't, I don't know if I got both in me. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) The last dose. Well, we are just so, um, honored and happy to have you. I am, I, anytime that I DM someone and they DM me back and they like know of my existence and I'm already a fan, I'm just so so happy. Yeah, no, I was so happy. And that picture of you and your mom in the pajamas, (laughs) I was just like this, like you have no idea. That was too good. Too good. And she was like, these are very buttery soft. They're so (laughs) posh. These these are so posh. (laughs) She was so impressed. And I was like, I had to tell her, I was like, wait, Christina Martinez, and she is a black and Mexican painter. And she was like, really? No, it's drama. I was like, I know, I know. Because, you know, we got to ride this, you know. I feel like they've definitely been on some, like, we need black people. And it's like, ride it. Ride the wave. I don't care why they're listening. As long as they're listening, let's do it. (laughs) Well, y'all, you can follow Christina at so, is it underscore? Yes. It's so So underscore underscore trill. So, so S-E-W underscore trill, T-R-I-L-L. And, you know, keep going. And I look forward to purchasing my original piece. And I just really commend your story and your journey and the way that you're going about this. It really is inspirational. And it's, um, I think you might be the tipping point for me going to oils. Like, I'm going to do it. You got to do it. Yes, I'm already like, all right, it. I'm going to play with gouache because I'm just, but I yes. feel like I'm being lazy. <laughs> yeah. Just go straight to oil. We, we'll stretch canvases later. Start with the oil. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Will Thank do. you so much. Thank you. Thank you. awesome. A podcast network.